E.F. Hutton was a financial brokerage firm. Uh, the, the, whole, the whole tagline. When E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. People listen, and they all, everybody leans in and all the, all the thing. Today, we're not looking to any brokerage firm for financial wisdom, although that could be a smart move for you, and I'm not going to say anything against uh, uh, brokerage firms, but this morning, we're going to look at the book of Proverbs in order to see what else it has to say about being wise with our money. Uh, maybe the saying should be, when King Solomon talks people listen, right? We can lean in. Uh, so uh, last week we started uh, leaning in and listening to Solomon's wisdom regarding uh, the fi- finances. Financial matters can get us all out, get all out of sorts so quickly. I mean, there, there's emotion to it, right? And there's, there's competition and uh, maybe there's shame from, uh, uh, from maybe making bad financial decisions. There's, there's jealousy and greed and, and just plain selfishness. And Proverbs says, if we want to be wise that will let certain principles guide our financial lives. And uh, let, let me reiterate, like I told you last week, that these are principles, not promises. Uh, the book of Proverbs lays out uh, wise ways to live, but they're not necessarily guarantees. There's a certain strain in Christianity that talks about prosperity, right? And, and that God wants us to be wealthy, and if we do the right things, then we'll unlock God's blessings on our finances. And certainly, if we, if we apply wise principles to our lives, things will likely uh, be positive for us, but, and God blesses obedience, but, but we're on dangerous ground if we think that we can just act in a certain way in order to coerce God to make us rich. That's not the point of any of this. This is not the prosperity gospel. I'm simply laying out wise ways to live, and that's what Proverbs is filled with, principles that we can apply to our lives. I also want to want to lay out this warning as we, uh, as we jump into this. Uh, don't be foolish, and this is across the board, not just in, in your finances, but don't, don't be foolish and then act God to, ask God to bless you anyway. Uh, many times we get ourselves into financial fiascos and then, then we want God to just kind of take away the consequences of that, but most likely he's not going to do it. God is, is not in the habit of rewarding bad behavior. If you, if you can't manage a little, then you probably won't be entrusted with more. Uh, if you show yourself faithful in applying these principles with what you have right now, uh, then you very well may be given more. But God knows how competent we are with money. And some of us don't handle it very well. And so it's actually a blessing to not have more because we would just get ourselves further in. So, so, uh, so anyway, all of that uh, maybe, uh, maybe uh, is in the background as we, as we jump into this today. Well, last week we got the big picture view, right? Proverbs... Uh, it's about getting our priorities straight. That's the, the number one thing. There are a whole lot of things that are more important in life than money and possessions. Ultimately, our, it's our relationship with God, and that has to be the most important thing in our lives. And if it is, then it will, it will do wonders to straighten out our financial lives. If, if our relationship with God is, is uh, where it needs to be, then, then our financial lives are, are off to a great start. And, and once that happens, uh, then, then uh, we talked about that, that then we're going to turn into generous people. We're going to be generous. We're going to be giving. We're not going to be greedy. And, and we'll give to God right off the top. We talked about a first fruits gift, as, as Proverbs talks about. So, so uh, that's, that's kind of the beginning and, the, and the, the big picture view. And with all that as a backdrop, today I want to zoom in just a little bit closer to some other very practical insights that, that Proverbs talks about in applying this to our financial world. And you can you can apply, I mean, these are things that you could literally apply this week if, uh, if, if you're, you're ready to do that. 
We get so jumbled up in our finances, and, and when we do, it, it can really affect our spiritual lives. So some would say, well, don't talk about money in church. Well, it's just part of who we are, and, and, uh, and, and how we handle finances can, uh, can impact our spiritual lives. Not only does it keep us from being generous and allowing uh, God to use us as a blessing in people's lives, but it also causes stress and anxiety and, and fear and depression and all sorts of things. A financial strain is a heavy weight that can keep us from living the lives of joy that God desires us to live. So when we get this right, it can free us, and, uh, and, and, and we need to do this for so many reasons. So I want us to, to listen to Solomon. Uh, when I say Solomon, everybody needs to be quiet and listen, because when King Solomon talks, we should listen, right? Uh, and, and I mean, there are tons of, again, uh, just like we've, we've seen on many of these topics, there are so many proverbs throughout these 31 chapters that, uh, that, that address these topics, and, and finances are, are a big part of what, what Solomon talks about. And, and the first thing that, that Solomon said that we'll look at today uh, is uh, if, if we want to have a, a great uh, financial uh, uh, existence, uh, to, to get our, our finances in order, one thing we need to do is work hard. Success in life and in work rests in a solid work ethic. They say that Mark Twain loved to go fishing, but he hated to catch fish. He went to fishing in order to relax, and catching a fish ruined his relaxation because then he had, to, he had to pull it out of the water, and he had to get it off the hook, and then he had to do something with it, and, and that kind of cut into his relaxation. Uh, so uh, if he wanted to relax, maybe he could just go sit around town, but then people would bug him because they thought he was lazy just sitting around doing nothing if he went... Uh, then, uh, then they would see that he was doing something. And so they say, they, Mark Twain had a solution, finally came up with a solution. He said, said he would take a fishing pole and a, uh, uh, and, a, and a line and a bobber, but no hook on the end. And then he'd cast that bobber in the water and lay back on the bank with a hat over his eyes. And that way he could, do, uh, he could spend the whole afternoon and not be bothered by people or fish. Uh, he could just kick back and, uh, and relax. Solomon has a lot to say uh, uh, about laziness and lazy people. Uh, he uses a, a term that I love. It's only used here in Proverbs, and he uses it 14 times. It's the term sluggard. I mean, it's just, I mean, just kind of drippy and kind of gross and slimy and sluggard. Uh, it's not something to aspire to. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and Solomon uh, doesn't have much good to say about laziness and lazy people. There, there is no free lunch. Success in life and in finances rests in a solid work ethic. Just, just a few uh, verses, Proverbs 6. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? Uh, when will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief, and scarcity like an armed man. Uh, 10.4, laziness, lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. 13.4, lazy people want much, but get little, but those who work hard will prosper. 13.11, wealth from get rich quick schemes quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work grows over time. 20, verse 4, sluggards do not plow in season, so at harvest time they look but find nothing. 21, uh, starting in verse 25, the craving of a sluggard will be the death of him because his hands refuse to work. All day long he craves for more, but the righteous give without sparing. Uh, take my word. 
a sampling, a small sampling. Uh, dig through Proverbs. Uh, there, there are so many more verses that, that where he comes out against laziness and emphasizing the merits of hard work. Uh, laziness is rooted in selfishness, right? It's expecting to get something for nothing. And I just want... I want to just hang back and, and not do my part. Hard work produces good uh, for ourselves and for those around us. And, and uh, over and over again, we see in Proverbs that, that hard work is blessed. As we get our, our financial houses in order, we have to make sure that we're working hard, that we're doing our best, that we're using the gifts and abilities that we've been given. I, I think maybe some people pray for God's blessing and then expect to just get checks in the mail. And it usually doesn't work that way. Solomon talks about hard work. It's one reason why, uh, why we don't encourage gambling. Uh, it's, it's just not a wise use of money. I, I don't uh, think I have to quote the statistics to support the fact that the odds are hugely against us when, uh, when we expect an instant windfall and it's, it's, it's just not a sustainable way to live. The, uh, the vast majority of the time trying to get rich quick doesn't work out. It's, it's not the wise way to live. So Solomon says work hard. He says uh, uh, it's, it's emphasized not just in Proverbs, but throughout Scripture, right? And including a verse that I set to memory uh, early on in life because it was quoted to me and my brother uh, multiple times, usually when one of us was trying to get out of uh, setting the table or, or doing the dishes or taking out the trash. He who will not work, neither shall he eat. Uh, thanks, Mom. Appreciate that one. Um, over and over again, we see in script, not just in Proverbs, but, but we need to work hard. Uh, hard work is part of Solomon's recipe for a blessed financial life. So I guess uh, if you wanted to take one thing away from today, don't be a sluggard. I, I just slug. I'm just going to try to find, find a way this week to work the word sluggard into your, your conversation and see what happens. Anyway, Solomon also says we need to make a plan. Although he doesn't use the term, uh, he's talking, he talks a couple of places about the importance of budgeting. Uh, Proverbs 21.5 says, The plans of the diligent lead to profit as sure as haste leads to poverty. Uh, 27, 23, and 24, and Know the state of your flocks and put your heart into caring for your herds. For riches don't last forever and the crown might not be passed to the next uh, generation. Make a plan. I- know how many of you know the state of your flocks and, uh, and, and you're caring for your herds. Uh, back in the day, though, that was their wealth. Well, their wealth was in their livestock. And, uh, and, and so in saying that we need to know what's going on with those things, Solomon's telling us we need to be aware of our personal financial situation. Uh, financial experts estimate that the average American, uh, and I haven't done the math on this, I'm not sure, I'm Pretty sure I'm on the low end of this, but the average American will handle between six to ten million dollars in our lifetime. Now, probably not all at once, but over the course of from the uh, from uh, the time you start making money until you stop making money, uh, it might come out to about that. So I guess the question is, uh, how are you spending your millions <laughs> in in your life? Many people don't have a budget, or if they do, they don't follow it, right? I I know it doesn't sound super spiritual to talk about budgeting in church, but if you're not keeping track of how much you're making or how much you're spending, then it's real easy to run out and then wonder where it all went. Some people give the excuse that uh, giving, uh, I can't give to God because uh, uh, I I can't give in the offering. I I just don't have it. If I had it, I'd give it. A lot of times, uh, that's an issue, it's it could be that it's an issue of budgeting. You did have it, 
but you spend it on other things because you didn't make a plan. And uh, so Solomon says we need to make a plan. Again, I'm not going to go into the details of, of budgeting and how to do that. There's a bunch of ways to do that. There's more resources than ever before right now uh, in, in the, the world where we Google it. Get an app. Uh, go, to, go, go to the library. Read a book. Whatever. Uh, there are many, many ways to do it. But, but don't make it more difficult than it is. But uh, the, the best definition that I've heard of budgeting is, is that it's just giving every dollar a name, right? So we're just planning ahead. How are we going to spend what God has entrusted to us? No matter how you do it, Proverbs says, do it. It's, a, it's an essential part of foolproofing your financial life. The plans of the diligent lead to profit, he says. So uh, he also says uh, that our financial plans, we work hard, we make a plan, and part of that plan should be to get out of debt, he says. Uh, several verses, Proverbs eleven fifteen. whoever puts up security for a stranger will surely suffer. Uh, chapter 22, do not be one who shakes hands in, in pledge or puts up security for debts. If you lack the means to pay, you, your very bed will be snatched from under you. 22.7, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. As soon as we borrow money, we become a slave to who we owe. And Solomon's saying, you know, good, bad, or otherwise, it's just how it works. It's just how it is. Uh, uh, you're stuck in that. You don't have options. You, you're trapped. Uh, you, the, 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 you've you've uh, signed on the dotted line, and now you have to pay that off. That's just how it, how it works. Uh, if, if you have debts, then you know that, of that feeling of being, oh, I've got to, and do I have an, and, and can I, and, and it's, it's that uh, there's, there's worry, and there's control, and there's uh, stress, and, and uh, if, uh, what, what would it feel like if you didn't have those payments. I mean, it's it's freedom. It's peace. It's not slavery. Your uh, borrow is, borrower is slave to the lender. And, and I know it sounds impossible these days. Everybody's. Uh, I quoted you statistics last week of the the numbers that uh, uh, we're, we're we're all in in debt, and and uh, the numbers are just getting higher, and and it can feel overwhelming. And and Solomon says that if we find ourselves there, we we need to, and it goes back to making a plan. We need to do whatever we can to take steps. To get out of debt. Proverbs 6, 1 through 5. I, I love the picture that he paints here. He says, My son, if you have put up security for your neighbor, if you've shaken hands in pledge for a stranger, you, you have been trapped by what you've said, ensnared by the words of your mouth. So do this, my son, to free yourself. Since you have fallen into your neighbor's hands, go to the point of exhaustion and give your neighbor no rest. Allow no sleep to your eyes, no slumber to your eyelids. Free yourself like a gazelle from the hands of the hunter, like a bird from the snare of the fowler. This here is the picture of what it should look like when we're trying to get out of debt. See the gazelle? That's supposed to be us, right? Uh, Free yourself like a gazelle in the hand of the hunter. I mean, he's doing whatever he can. He is, is, that's a laser focus on what he needs to do. Um, we, it says, go to the point of exhaustion to free ourselves. Uh, we need to be motivated. There, there's the picture. Have that in your mind. Uh, one, great, uh, one great program that uh, probably you've heard of, maybe you've heard of, is Financial Peace University, Dave Ramsey, and, and all those things. We don't get anything from me mentioning that here, uh, but... Uh, um, it's a course that, uh, that perhaps uh, some of you have gone through. If you, uh, if you are interested in 
in something like that, we're thinking about offering that through the church this fall. Uh, I would love for you to just shoot me a message, you know, no strings attached. We won't hold you to it, but, but you think, yeah, I might be interested. Send me more information about that. Uh, do that uh, on the bulletin is my email, and you can send that to me or to the church email, and we'll get you information about that. We just want to gauge some interest before we uh, take the next steps in that, so we'll let you know what all that entails. But that's, That could be one next step that you take to be that guy, right, uh, to, uh, to do what you can to, uh, to, to free yourself uh, from, uh, from the, the weight of, of debt. Um, we, uh, and so, gone through several things here. Work hard. Budget or make a plan. Uh, avoid or get out of. Uh, limit your debt. Proverbs also talks about another financial principle, and that is to save. We need to, uh, to, to, to save money, not just spend everything that we get. Uh, Proverbs 13.22, a good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. Uh, 21.20, in the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil, but a foolish man devours all he has. There are, there are many ways to save, uh, investing for retirement, saving up and paying cash for purchases, uh, just saving for a rainy day. Uh, you say, why, why would it be important to save up for a rainy day? Well, because it's going to rain, right? There, it's, there's always going to be a rainy day coming. Uh, I believe it's Money Magazine uh, uh, several years ago in an article said 78% of us will have a major negative financial event in any given 10-year period. I think... Perhaps many of us could say that a global pandemic could qualify a rainy day as a major negative financial event. Uh, but if it rains and you've saved money, then it doesn't devastate you. And as Proverbs 13.22 also says, uh, it, it can be a great blessing to those that come after you if you've saved up and you can bless your family with that as well. There's a lot of good advice, again, out there about how much to save and, and how to do that and where to do that and investing and all those sorts of things. No matter how you do it, the principle is still true, and Solomon says this is part of foolproofing our financial lives. Uh, fools, he says, consume all they make and all they have, but it's wise to save. And remember, I believe I said this last week, these aren't salvation issues. It's not a sin if you're not saving your money, if you have debt. or, or, or Proverbs just says you'll be a whole lot better off if, if you can follow these principles instead. It's just a wise way to live. But in, in saying that, I also want to say that we, we have to be careful uh, and, uh, that, that we can't put our hope in our finances. And, and that's a, a real slippery slope, right? Uh, in the New Testament, 1 Timothy 6, uh, verse 17, Paul says that people should, uh, quote, not be arrogant or put their hope in their wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. So we need to save, we need to plan ahead, we need to be wise, but not so much that our hope is in our savings and not in God. If, if, we, if we do that and, we, okay, well, I've saved all, up all this for a rainy day, so, so I'm set, I'm good, and, and my hope is in what I've set aside, uh, then I'm getting away from the number one financial principle that we talked about last week, right? Getting your priorities straight. Your relationship with God is most important. Trusting in him with all your heart. Uh, we, we talked about that in, in making decisions, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Uh, lean not on your own understanding or on your own financial wisdom and all sorts of things, uh, in all your ways, acknowledge him. He'll direct your paths. He'll make your paths straight. He'll, we, we trust in God first, but it's wise as we do that, that, uh, that we follow these principles as well. We save, 
but we're still trusting in God, not just in our 401k. So all of that brings us to one more financial principle from Proverbs, and that is to be content. Contentment is one of the most powerful financial principles there is. Proverbs 23, 4, don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Be wise enough to know when to quit. I think one of the biggest things that gets us into financial trouble is, is this uh, drive for, for more and, and this unwillingness to wait, right? I've got to have it. I've got to have it now. And, and instead, we need to practice delayed gratification. Time is your financial friend. So we need to be content until we can afford it. So don't get wrapped up in amassing wealth for ourselves. Dr. Richard Swenson in his book Margin has a whole section on financial margin. And and in there he says this. Nothing in scripture and in the chosen lifestyle of Christ could be clearer. Wealth is not an objective of the spiritual life. Pursuing wealth is, is not an objective of our life on this planet. Some of us will amass more than others, right? Uh, but, but that's not the point. We pursue God with our lives and he'll provide and we need to be content in that. I, I think a great way to, uh, to, to, to kind of, I don't know, put a, put a stamp on this whole thing uh, in what Proverbs talks about uh, finances comes right toward the end it's this little prayer tucked in in uh, in uh, proverbs chapter 30 and it could very well be a prayer that you want to incorporate into your maybe into your daily uh prayer time uh something that that you could uh, review regularly king it's actually not original to king solomon uh, uh proverbs 30 he's actually quoting this other wise guy uh wise person uh that uh by of Agur, and, uh, and, and uh, this guy, basically chapter 30 is almost all a, a prayer to God, but uh, addresses a whole lot of things, uh, very wise sayings, uh, would have been known uh, probably contemporary of Solomon at that time, but Proverbs chapter 30, uh, verses 8 and 9 uh, is a prayer to God, and it simply says, give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you, God, and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. What a a great prayer. Neither poverty nor riches. Life isn't about acquiring wealth anyway, right? We, we commit our way to the Lord and we pursue him with all of our heart. And sure, we live in a place where, where uh, we're going to participate in the economy, right? And we're going to work and we need to work hard and we need to provide for the, uh, the responsibilities that God gives us. Uh, in the meantime, we need to make a plan for that and we, we need to uh, not get in over our heads so that we're unable to fulfill what God wants us to do. We need, to be, uh, we need to save up so that we have it uh, when, when we need it. But ultimately, we need to be content however God provides for us. No matter what comes in your financial life, if we apply these principles, I, we won't regret it. Solomon says, this is wise. That's not a guarantee, but it's, it's a wise way to live. And over time, it's literally and figuratively and you'll be well on your way to foolproofing your financial life stand with me you know
Again, maybe this doesn't seem too spiritual, but I think it's real spiritual because we can get ourselves so upside down and backward with these things that then it affects a whole lot of things, including our relationship with God. Will you bow with me? Father God, we give ourselves to you today, even our financial selves. Each one of us, you know exactly uh, where we are in our, in our uh, uh, handling of finances, and, and, uh, and, and we're all on a journey, and we're all at different places on that journey. But Lord, I pray that you will make it clear to us, even, even in these moments right now, that you'll make it clear to us individually what the next step might be so that we can honor you with uh, what you have entrusted to us. Lord, I, I pray most of all that our lives would be so committed to you that, that, that we can, uh, it can become each day more and more clear, uh, more and more clear of, uh, of, of how we need to live for you and the decisions we need to make, even in areas of our finances. Lord, we, we love you. We thank you for this day, and, and, and we uh, anticipate uh, your great goodness and blessing in our lives as we follow you each step of the way. I pray, again, as we go from here today, that we can go uh, loving the people around us to lead them into life with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.